Good morning, listeners. On today's episode of Above the Fold, we are continuing the format of focusing on one particular story in a more in-depth and deeper way. But before we dive into that story, here's a quick rundown of the week's biggest news. As always, from the Helena Independent Record offices, I'm your digital editor, Eric Seidel, and this is Above the Fold for Friday, June 19th, 2020. On June 8th, photographer Tom Bridge reports that the Mount Helena letter H gets a mysterious makeover. The hillside letter towering over Helena on the side of Mount Helena mysteriously was changed from an H to a C during high school graduation weekend. Brad Lanslather, the open lands manager for the city of Helena, said this kind of mountain letter makeover is not an uncommon prank and that the city always changes the letter back to an H. On June 14th, Tyler Manning reports that hundreds of protesters gathered at the Montana Capitol building in Helena to speak out against the killing of George Floyd and to support the Black Lives Matter movement. The protests went from around noon to 3 p.m. Protesters marched around the Capitol building with chants of no justice, no peace, and Black Lives Matter. Overall, the protest was mostly peaceful. Police in riot gear stood in the street between a group of protesters and a small group of counter-protesters who were yelling back and forth. And there was only one arrest made at the event. And in our last headline, on June 13th, Jesse Cheney reports that about 20 homes were being evacuated after a wildfire spark just south of Helena, and that pre-evacuation notices were issued near the Lewis and Clark County border. The fire itself was burning near Sheep Mountain and provided a significant amount of smoke and wind to the city of Helena. The pre-evacuation notices were issued for Jackson Creek, Holmes Gulch, Tucker Gulch, Unionville, Travis Creek, Davis Gulch, Blue Sky Heights, and the Forest Park Estates. The pre-evacuation notices have since been lifted. And a significant recent amount of rain has helped curb the wildfire. On this week's episode, we'll be taking a long-form look at the ups and downs of the Beatty Street Trailhead Project. Now, typically, one might assume that trailhead improvements would be a project that's universally well-received. Things like a larger parking area, information kiosk, bathrooms, and other amenities might be a welcome addition to most neighborhoods. But in the case of this particular trailhead, there is a clear divide where the city, along with a large group of residents and many who use the trailhead, align themselves in favor of the remodeling and extension of the trailhead. And another side, a small yet vocal group of residents who live near the trailhead who oppose the city's plan for improving the trailhead. Now, the first talks and rumblings of this trailhead improvement first came on our radar in 2013. And over that time, we've had several different reporters following this issue. Today, we'll be hearing from some of them as we take a look at the controversy, the cause, and the timeline of the Beatty Street Trailhead Project. We have our current City Beat reporter, Nolan Lister, here in studio, and we get to talk to a longtime staple of the Helena Independent Record Newsroom and former city reporter, Thomas Plank, both of which covered the story over the years. Before we dive in too deep with the details of this story, Nolan, we already have you here in studio. Would you agree that that's sort of a a fair characterization and a a good summary of just sort of the clear divide in the the two different sides of this Beatty Street trailhead project issue that the city's run up against? I think it is. The vast majority of of residents who have offered public comment uh, that I've interviewed have all expressed uh, excitement about the the new trailhead. They're looking forward to the amenities it's going to bring. 
And on the other side, there's a rather vocal minority that doesn't want to see this in their backyard. It seems as though their primary concern is heightened use and traffic in the area. Right. It's almost, you know, Hatfield and McCoy-esque in the sense that this has been a story for so long that it's hard to even know just when, where, and, and how this all started. Let's bring online Thomas Plank, who is now a reporter with the Idaho Press. Tom, at the time when the Beatty Street Trailhead story first came on our radar, you were the city reporter here at the IR, and you were here to witness what seems to be the underlying issue with this trailhead expansion project. It seems like what initially rubbed some residents the wrong way in that area was that from the outside looking in, the city essentially, and by their own omission, rushed the very initial planning stages of this project, and I believe it was due to some funding deadlines. So before asking any of the residents their input, the city had to put together this project on a rushed, shortened timeline to secure the funds for it. And I think that that initial, if you want to call it misstep by the city, still haunted them as they tried to move forward, even in good faith efforts, and even if they were taking residents' concerns seriously and adjusting the project to those concerns. Now, obviously, more goes into it than that, and we'll break that down, but it's a fair criticism that the city might have got off on the wrong foot with some of the residents. Here's our former city reporter, Thomas Plank, on the line. Tom, is it fair to characterize that as maybe a misstep or, at minimum, a a bad look, possibly for the city to have rushed to maybe secure that funding before taking into consideration what the local residents of that area might think? Yeah, no, they just, they wanted to get, they needed to get the money to go ahead with some kind of project. So they put in a project like blank, basically, but people were frustrated that they didn't have a chance to even talk about that in the first place. And a lot of the folks here, I think, see living up there as their right of access. Um, and they don't particularly like the fact that people are parking on what they see as their street and taking up the room up there to go and access open lands that are accessible to everybody. So, And I think in fairness, it's important to mention that most people, maybe even the city, would assume that a trailhead expansion would be something that residents would welcome into their neighborhood. So let's lock up this funding and provide the community with more amenities to the trailhead. However, if you're someone who lives in the area and you see that your city is moving ahead with things like new streets, a trailhead expansion which comes with a host of other amenities, and your questions or concerns weren't answered or heard out, And moving forward, some people might have felt like, can we ever trust this process? No matter what the process includes, no matter what concessions are made in the future. Tom, looking back on the project, do you see those early days and those early decisions that the city made as something that just added to the distrust, even in the future, with the plans for the Beatty Street Trailhead expansion? I think a lot of people were frustrated and kind of felt distrustful of the city for going ahead with that project in the first place. Um, Especially because again, people feel a lot of very strong emotions about access to parks, but also their private property. So to put some things in context, if you wouldn't mind going over some of your early reporting on the story, Tom, 
and maybe just sort of walk us through the points that you feel are, are important to the story. You know, one of the things I think is interesting is that the Mount Ascension trail system that you can pick up via the Beatty Street trailhead, you know, is very popular. It's not an obscure trail that was pulled out of a hat or something by the city just to, to redo. Some might argue that short of Mount Helena, Mount Ascension is the next most prominent system of trails here in Helena. And you mentioned that in your reporting. Maybe take us through that portion of your story. At a 2017 city administrative meeting, Helena's former Parks and Recreation Department Director Amy Teagarden said the Mount Ascension trail system had become one of Helena's most popular, garnering nearly 50% of all open land use in Helena, according to a 2017 survey for trail counts completed by the Parks and Recreation Department. Teagarden said Beatty Street is the second most used trailhead in the park system. City officials had made a plan for the parking in order to apply for a grant, but citizen comment was precluded due to the speed of the turnaround for the application. Teagarden said a new alternative would be proposed in January 2018, and it will involve public comment for the neighborhood. Some residents are urged that their voices weren't heard earlier in the process. Resident Nick Sobner said residents want more control in the process because they feel like they aren't being heard. Helena resident Meg Bishop had similar complaints about the parking planning process. So we're setting the stage for some folks to have a legitimate complaint by saying our voices have not been heard during the start of this process for updating and expanding the trailhead. And in your February 2018 article, it seems to be obvious that the city had heard some of the complaints and feedback about the lack of public comment. When the city formally said, hey, we hear you loud and clear, and we're putting together an open house, several open houses, to hear public comment. Another thing that was an important note in your February 2018 story was that the city really had an eye on potential traffic problems in that area due to the current and future trailhead use. Here's more from Tom Plank's story, written in February 2018. City officials said parking management is becoming more important as traffic to the area grows. Officials also said recent residential growth in the area highlights the need to relocate parking, bathrooms, tables, and trash cans farther south on City Park property. The first design for the Beatty Street Trailhead provided 24 parking spaces and two handicapped accessible spaces. It has all gravel surfaces except for the accessible spaces and would be just beyond where the trailhead currently sits. The second design had 30 spaces, two handicapped accessible spaces, and would be much farther into the trees, accessible by a two-lane road. And already, as you mentioned in your story, the city is considering several options. Mary Hollow, the executive director for the Perkley Pear Land Trust, clarified what the end goal was for the trailhead updates. Mary Hollow, executive director for the Prickly Pear Land Trust, said at the time that the goal is to find common ground between the residents and the trailhead years. Tom, if we move forward to May of that year, 2018, questions and concerns were loud and had most definitely reached the ears of the city. In that time, the city was keeping tabs on those concerns and had even come up with a third option for the Beatty Street Trailhead Project. So we moved from two options to now three. Some of the things that had come under fire, some of the feedback, was regarding a traffic circle, a roundabout. We'll hear later that the city actually pays for a study on the effectiveness of a roundabout. For now, after the analysis of that initial public comment and feedback, the city presents its third option and seemingly really wants to make clear that they are open to hear feedback. 
Tom, take us through some of your reporting from early in May of 2018. Amy Teagarden, the then Director of Parks and Recreation, said in May 2018 that the process of gathering public comment had netted overwhelming support from residents who replied online, through email, and in personal conversations with Parks and Recreation personnel. Parks and Recreation added a third alternative, one that would avoid building anything, but would expand on-street parking at the Beatty Street Trailhead. Then-Director Teagarden said that she did not believe it would provide the necessary amenities for the trailhead's expansive use. It's worth noting that in your article, the city notes it plans on taking this expansion of the trailhead in a slow, thoughtful, methodical way. More from the May 2018 article. Then city manager Ron Ellis said at the time that the next part of the process can be either very quick or slowed down and vetted. Since Beatty Street had plenty of public interest, the Parks and Recreation and City of Helena governmental team will take the project much slower. Teagarden said there had been a few very vocal people against the trailhead expansion, but that its addition would be the responsible thing. Tom, before you go, I'm curious. When you look back at this story and on your work you did when you were reporting it. Were you surprised that it's shaken out like this? Is this something that's typical of trailhead expansions or trailhead work in general within neighborhoods? Did you foresee it going this way? I had assumed that it was going to go ahead pretty smoothly. And then again, 50 people showed up for what was supposed to be a two hour meeting. Right. And I think that highlights clearly one side of the story from the residents in that the city's rush to fund this project really started them off on a bad foot. And it just doesn't feel like the city was ever able to overcome that despite any amount of outreach and public comment. Tom, one last thought, maybe bigger picture. A battle like this between the city and its residents probably isn't unique across the United States. Anything from lawn watering ordinance to trash pickup days, people are going to let the city know. But this particular issue, lands, a trail, something we have a lot of here in Montana and great access to here in Helena, our mountains, our Wild West spirit. These are things that people have input on and feel passionately about. If you could just put into context regionally, the Mountain West, generally speaking, what do these kind of land battles say about our region of the United States and how we enjoy our access to such great land? So I lived in Montana for just about two and a half years. Um, You know, I grew up in Colorado. I live in Idaho now. So I've got a pretty good feeling about how people feel about land in the West. Um, There's open lands, which people are very protective of. There's access to open lands, which people are very protective of. This at Beatty Street is a kind of interesting example. Helena has such good access to open lands and bike trails and this gorgeous nature that's just right behind people's houses, in this case, literally. There are a couple people up there who are really pro providing more access to folks. Um, Eric Grove would probably be an example of that when I spoke to him. He was very much for the expansion of the trailhead because he thought it would be a great way to have more people enjoy the the beauty of, you know, Mount Ascension and the great bike trails up there and all of those kinds of things. But I think some other folks felt more concerned about what providing that access would do. And I think there's the tension in a lot of things about, you know, there's you find that in conservation, you find that in 
people being afraid about all the people moving to Bozeman, people moving to Helena, and you know. But I think for them, it's kind of that concern of what happens to this place once it gets, and I'm going to put air quotes around this, but overrun with people. Um, what's it going to look like? How am I going to feel? Am I going to feel safe, you know, on my own property, even though it abuts up to this land? It felt in a lot of ways, there is that tension between I have access to this land and I want to see it like that. And other people saying we believe more people should have access to this land. Tom Plank, thanks for jumping online with me, coming on the show and sharing your thoughts with what has really turned into a story we've been following for quite a long time here in Helena. Let's shift back here in studio with our current City Beat reporter, Nolan Lister. Nolan, you can hear there that Tom Plank brings us up to the later half of 2019. Shortly thereafter is when you picked up the story and started following and reporting on it. What was your, maybe your first impression of this story before you took it on and and started covering it? So with any story you inherit, there's a a fair amount of going back and reviewing the previous coverage, uh, doing some research on that end. And at first blush, it seemed like any other infrastructure story became apparent pretty quickly that um, this wasn't your run-of-the-mill trailhead story. Typically, people don't complain when the city comes to them and says, we're going to put a brand new trailhead and street on your block. So this issue really grabbed my attention from from the get-go. And that brings us to the point of the story now. In November of 2019, the city began wrapping up its public comments portion of the trailhead project and had implemented some new design elements based on the the feedback that they had received. If you can pick up from there. Yeah, so after hearing from a number of neighbors in the area about the issue, uh, the city adopted some uh, amendments to the, the design, including putting a berm a big earth berm up in front of the parking spots and uh, planning some uh, landscaping in the area to hopefully mitigate some of the headlight glare coming onto those houses uh, in the immediate vicinity. Another concern neighbors brought up was the uh, increased amount of traffic they imagined this would create. Uh, So the city went back to the drawing board with that and came back to them with proposals for uh, traffic calming bulb outs which are basically just uh, wider portions of the sidewalk that uh, keep people from driving too fast. And I know that the city made concessions with their idea for a roundabout installation as well. It seemed to be that uh, public sentiment was that people just did not want a traffic circle installed there. And then even upon city testing, they found it was essentially not effective. There were a few other things discussed too, correct? Right. And it was at that meeting in which the city commission acknowledged the need for a more transparent process following earlier criticisms that they had rushed through public comment. And it was also at that meeting that Parks, Recreation, and Open Lands Director Christy Pinozo gave the early estimate for the project. She said that they had uh, projected a cost of about $550,000 to $620,000. The idea at the time was that that would probably increase slightly due to the addition of a, of a berm and uh, landscaping. Then City Manager Anna Cortez uh, said an updated estimate of the cost should come before the commission the following month, adding that for a project of this size, it would most likely require multiple funding sources. And speaking of funding, our next update in the story came in February of this year, 2020, when the Beatty Street Trailhead receives its initial okay and go-ahead for the project's funding. 
It was in February that the Helena City Commission votes four to one to approve a fiscal year 2020 budget amendment that will provide $900,000 to complete the Beatty Street Trailhead project. Yeah, so the city commission voted back on February 10th to approve a budget amendment for its uh, fiscal year 2020 budget. Uh, They uh, allocated just shy of a million dollars for this project. It was a few weeks later that Helena Sand and Gravel's winning bid came in much lower at $300,000, about a third of what uh, was estimated. Initially, the city commission had split the $900,000 cost they expected to pay between the Parks Department budget, the Streets Department, and its general fund, with the bulk of it coming from the general fund, about $400,000. And it's important to note that now with that dramatically lower bid than expected, the city plans to keep that $400,000 in its general fund. And for the most part, everything continued according to plan until in April, the trailhead project was paused after some area homeowners filed a lawsuit. Nolan, this is where the story gets interesting. Yes, it certainly is. We saw this building up for a while now. Even before the lawsuit was filed, the city was gearing up to begin the construction project. They had put a bunch of equipment on the site. And in the er early morning hours back in April, a group of neighbors in the area opposed to the project had parked their cars in front of all the equipment so that the crew couldn't get to it. The city called a tow truck in, and as soon as the protesters saw the tow truck coming, they left. It was pretty clear at the time that this was going to get interesting. So let's try to keep some of the details of the lawsuit in plain English. What are just some of the chief allegations stated in the lawsuit? A couple by the name of Nicholas Sovner and Sherry Thornton, they live at the southern end of Beatty Street adjacent to the trailhead. They filed a lawsuit back in early April. Thornton is pregnant and claims that the construction ongoing has caused her to see stars. She's hyperventilating and told the judge the construction, quote, feels like a constant earthquake or that we are in a war zone. The couple also claimed in their lawsuit that they had a handshake deal with city engineer Ryan Leland dating back to 2013 in which the city, in exchange for a piece of land, would move the trailhead project farther from their home. And as part of this lawsuit, Judge Kathy Seeley granted a temporary restraining order which halted the project while the rest of the lawsuit was worked out. After a couple of back-and-forth filings between the couple and the city attorney, Thomas Joden, Judge Seeley eventually ruled in favor of the city. She wrote in her decision that there was little indication that the parking lot, when completed, would constitute a nuisance to the plaintiffs. And also added that while the couple's objections to the disturbance of their view is understandable, that they have lived next door to a dirt parking lot since their home was built. As far as the handshake deal with the city goes, the couple was also unable to produce any documentation of this deal they had with the city. So Judge Seeley threw that out. So you're saying that essentially there was little gained by the lawsuit from the homeowner's point of view. Other than that, the project was delayed and ended up costing more money because of the delays. Is that right, Nolan? Right. So in total, this project sat dormant for about 40 days. The city ended up having to pay Helena Sand and Gravel an $8,500 fee to remobilize all the equipment and workers. And they also had to pay $1,550 for every day the project sat delayed, uh, which came out to about $62,000. So as we sit here, the project is ongoing. And when is the estimated completed time on the new Beatty Street trailhead? 
According to city staff, they expect to have this project wrapped up by mid-July. Nolan, thanks for coming in and sharing the story. It'll be interesting to see how that trail is used and if the amount of traffic in that area really increases by a significant amount or if, like Judge Seeley said, that it's always been a trailhead with a parking lot and that a newer, updated trailhead with added amenities will actually bring in that much more traffic. You know, I can just tell you based on the amount of coverage this litigation of the trail has gathered, it's piqued my interest to go and and check out the trail. So ironically, if traffic to that area does increase, I think it's worth asking the question, did this lawsuit potentially backfire for the couple simply based on the fact of the amount of attention to this trail now? And are there some people who want to hike the trail solely based on seeing what all the commotion is about? In any matter, it's a end to what has been a long and ongoing story we've been covering here at the Independent Record. That was Above the Fold for Friday, June 19th, 2020, Litigation Trail. Like always, we thank you for listening. If you're a fan of the show, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast through any of the platforms that you listen to your podcasts or to write us a review via the Apple Podcast app. The show really does require a lot of preparation and hard work, so we do truly appreciate you listening. Be safe, Helena, and we'll see you next time. (laughs) 